This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Necessary Roughness, brought to you by Southfield Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. With 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the National Championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, week one is in the books, and the Detroit Lions drop one to the Philadelphia Eagles, 38-35, only losing by three points. Obviously, head-to-head matchup comparison to last year. The results aren't different in terms of wins and losses. Lost last year, lost this year, but the spread is much different. TJ, you were on the sidelines. Just your initial reaction when you left the game yesterday. You made it through all of the brawls that happened outside of Ford Field. Um, glad you made it. Uh, what was your initial reaction? I think initial reaction was this feels like San Francisco from last year where week one, you know, kind of felt like it was getting out of hand, made a run there at the end, just couldn't find a way to make that last play to win. Um, and then the more I started thinking about it and rewatching the game, I was like, you know what? I don't think this is San Francisco from last year. I think this is a team that, Uh, missed a couple opportunities early in the game, even late in the game, um, to win that game. Um, You know, you take away the pick six, right? That's a big difference. You take away uh, allowing a big play at the end of the first half, you know, them going, uh, scoring three points. It's ten points. It's it's a three-point game. You know, do the math. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, if you don't throw the pick six, you win the game because, you know. Things change after that. Things change, but – Missed opportunities. Uh, I did think there were some positives. Um, I thought offensively, you know, was good. I didn't think they were great. I know scoring 35 points is obviously uh, very good in the NFL, especially against a defense uh, like the Eagles have. But there were just way too many empty possessions. You know, you talk about the first drive, you come out just absolutely on fire, man. You got all the juice, all the momentum, the crowds on your side, you go down, you put it in the end zone, you take the early lead. And then you come back and three and out, three and out, three and out, uh, pick six, right? Those are just four empty possessions that you cannot have, especially when you're playing against an offense with Jalen hurts and, and, and what they're able to do. So that's why I would just say the offense was, you know, kind of good because you know they just they had way too many empty possessions there early in the first half that uh they should have at least got some points off of and not put so much pressure on their defense um defensively average i mean i don't think it's as bad as they gave up uh, 38 points yeah well you know pick six 
And you know, okay, we'll so get they gave that. up 31 points. And we'll, yeah, and we'll get into that. You know, the the one call, the one coaching decision I disagreed with that I think cost them another three. But um, it, it didn't feel as bad as it seemed yesterday. I mean, there were so many times yesterday where you know you go down 17, then you make it a 10 point game, then it's another 17 point game, and it's just like when it hit. I think 31 14. It was like, uh, like this is familiar. This is gonna, <laughs> they're going to start running us out of the stadium. Uh, but they kept battling back, which, uh, you know, obviously you want to see. But this is a different year, man. Like, you can't the, – the narrative has to change. Last year, I think there were a lot of positives um, that came out of losses because you're playing really good teams. You're playing them to the end. You know, you lost a bunch of heartbreakers. Um, great, you know, great effort, whatever you want to say. You, you can't use that excuse this year. You know, that honeymoon period is over. You expect results. And the bottom line is – this team's going to be judged based off their wins and losses, um, not based off the effort that we see on the field and how close they're playing good teams. So, um, you know, I, I wasn't surprised that they didn't win the game only because, you know, we talked about last week about how Philly uh, has a chance to be, you know, one of those teams that just might come out of nowhere this year and surprise a lot of people. Um, and especially now, God, you look at, you know, Dak Prescott going to be missing the next couple months. It sounds yeah. like in Dallas. I mean, it, it sounds like this is – Philly's got a chance to for the Giants. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going that far. Hey, they, they beat <laughs> the week, Titans. Yeah. Titans had the best uh, record in the AFC yeah, last year. Week one, I mean, it happens. I didn't see anything from the Giants that makes me think they're going to be a great football team. So, I think the Eagles are just a better team. But, you know, overall, gosh, I mean, it's one of those where it's never as good as it seems, never as bad yeah. as it seems type deal. And it's week one. I don't think there's any need for any overreaction. Um, you didn't get the win, which obviously stinks. Um, but going into week two, I mean, I can confidently say I do expect them to beat Washington. I expect them to be better offensively, defensively. You don't have to face the read option. You don't have to face a guy like Jalen Hurts again, at least for a while. Um, that's going to help out defensively. Um, but this team's got to learn, man. When you have, When you have those big plays – those third downs where you have to keep a drive alive on offense or third down defensively, third and eight, you got to get a stop. You got to start making those plays because too many times they miss those plays. And that was a difference in the football game. Well, I, I think there are some very frustrating moments in that game. And, and there's, I do think that this team is different and uh, TJ, I, here's where I think this team is different last year especially early in the year, I thought they were very fragile. We would see opening drives where they would go down, they would score, and then, you know, something would happen. Or even opening drives where they would be gaining yards, they'd get down in the red zone. And then I remember last year it was Penny Sewell with an offsides, or it was a hold call. It was you'd get down there, and then all of a sudden you're staring at a, shoot, I think sometimes it was it was second and 25, second and 30 a couple of times. This year, you get all the way down there, you're making progress, and then Logan Stenberg, who's in his first NFL game, you and I have both been there. We know the nerves. We know the excitement. We know the anticipation. And he, he jumps offsides twice. Back-to-back. Back. <laughs> and it, the fact that it was back-to-back, back, right? He knows everybody's freaking staring at him. Everybody on TV's pointing at him. You know, the officials get a chance to keep the same number for two calls in a row. Crowd's booing. But – they are able to overcome that, get a first down, and then punch it in the end zone for a touchdown. Now, it may seem like a small thing, especially when they end up losing the game, but I think they were so fragile last year that it would have derailed things 
early on and it would have, they would have hung their heads and said, here we go again. And that game could have been a blowout early on. Now they did get down. They were down 17 points. What was going into the, uh, the fourth quarter, but I think there's more confidence that this team has offensively for sure. And defensively, even though, as we mentioned, they did give up, you know, 38 total points, 31 credited to the defense. I think they there is a certain confidence that they're playing with that they didn't have last year. Yeah, and it might just be, uh, you know, the resiliency factor, you yeah. know. I mean, last year, you know, look, it's a new team. I mean, a lot of these guys weren't part of this team last year, but – no, but Jared were, Goff was, yeah, Alex Anzalone was. I mean, you go right down the list. Yeah, I mean, you're sick of getting, you know, getting punched in the gut every damn game. You know what I mean? You're sick of just being the other team's punching bag. And a lot of times last year when we saw it go bad, it went really bad. And yesterday it felt like it was getting to that point where it was starting to go bad. And, you know, they were able to overcome it a little bit. They were able to get some big t- uh, fourth uh, quarter stops there defensively. You know, two straight series getting off the field on third down. They were able to punch the ball in a couple times to make it a three-point game. Uh, they're giving them – they gave themselves a chance in the fourth quarter to compete and get an opportunity to make a play to turn that game. Um, Philly just ended up making more of them. And so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, that resiliency factor definitely – seem to be better this year and um look i think you know the confidence seemed a little bit higher too you know i think there were times yesterday where it could have been easy you know when you're getting kind of punched like that and down 17 going to the fourth quarter it's easy to make a mistake and just kind of say hey you know ain't our week you know let's get back to work you know tomorrow and get ready for next week these guys kept battling but like i said we can't keep saying this about this team. You know what I mean? Right. Was that a game they were supposed to win yesterday? I don't think so. Um, but you had a chance. You know what I mean? And, and that's that's you, the frustrating not, part. It was drop passes, yeah, missed tackles, uh, yeah. you know, some missed assignments here and there. And long and letting the quarterback beat you, you know, five straight times with his feet. I mean, it, it's you're not gonna be different until you start making those plays. You know what I mean? And and that's exactly it is you and I have both been a part of playoff teams. You were in a Super Bowl. Um, but when you're a team that is a marginal playoff team, and I'm not saying that the Lions are even a marginal playoff team, but if you're on that verge of, hey, we think we can be seven, eight wins, but if we got to get to nine or ten, this is the type of game that you find the way to go out and win. You're playing against a team with more talent. You're playing against a better team but you put yourself in position at different times throughout this game, whether it's, hey, you don't throw that pass um, and, it, and it doesn't become a pick six. Um, coaching, you know, in, in terms of how you clock management at the end of the first half, when you call a timeout, when you don't call a timeout. We'll talk about that more here in just a minute. But all of those things lead to losing to a team that, yeah, they're a better team, but you had a chance to steal a game and you don't come away with it. That's the difference when you're when you're thinking about seven games and picking at, you know, what, eight, nine, ten in this year's, you know, upcoming draft versus a wild card playoff berth. Yeah. And you gotta you gotta make the plays that you gotta make those high pressure plays. Yep. You know, I thought uh maybe the biggest sequence that kind of hurt them, they had momentum. Uh they get the ball back there with, you know, 12 minutes left. Um, you know, Swift starts with a big run. 
you know, at this point it's a 10 point game, but then you get down to second and three and, and Jared Goff throws a beautiful pass on that play action crossing route. It's Josh Reynolds right in the hands, drops yep. it, you know, then you get the third down it's third and three. Okay. It's manageable. And you get a low snap from your, you know, all pro center and now it's a sack. And now that's an empty possession. That just felt like, man, that was a big opportunity with 10 minutes left, your defense just got, you know, what seemed like the first stop of the game. That was, that was the opportunity to go down and turn that game around. And, you know, even the possession after that, you've got, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts in a third and six, third and eight, whatever it is. And, you know, you let them scamper right by you. And it's just no. like, gosh, dang, so man, like you got to make those plays. And that's the difference. That's probably what they're talking about today. You know, when they're watching the film is, I don't think they're they're sitting in there today saying, oh, man, Philly was just a better team. You know, we played hard, but, you know, they just had, you know, better players. They're, those players are probably watching four or five plays that are saying, we make these plays. <laughs> this is a totally different ball game, you know, and it is at the end of it. These close games always come down to one or two plays, but Philly just uh, had more poise and um, whatever you want to call it to make the plays when they had to have them. And, and the Lions just unfortunately couldn't get it done. Now, Look, it's week one. We talk about you don't want to have any overreactions after week one. Right. There were a lot of positives that came out of the game. You know, DeAndre Swift, it was it was good to see him healthy. Yeah. Just how that was awesome. he was. Um, I thought Jared Goff started the game out very poorly. Um, but you know, once he started getting into a rhythm and throwing the ball downfield and that touchdown throw to DJ Chark with a pretty good <laughs> quarter, corner guarding him and Darius Slay. Uh, that's just building trust. That's going to allow him now to say, you know what, in a big situation, I know I can trust this guy. I'm going to throw it up a little bit more. So, um, but even there were, there were just a couple guys, man, that you're leaders on this team, your guys you expect to produce that had a couple boneheaded plays. You know, Tracy Walker's a big part of that defense. You can't throw a punch. Uh, Alex Anzalone, big part of that defense. You can't go back there and, and rough the quarterback and, and add on 15 yards when you're having trouble stopping them, yeah. you know? Um, Frank Ragnall played an excellent game, but that low snap on third down, that's a bit got to have it play. You know, you got to, you got to be able to make that play. Amon Ross St. Brown. I know we had, you know, eight or nine catches, but drops. we also had two or three drops where it's like, man, you expect that guy to make the play. So, well, I do expect those guys to make those plays going forward. It just seemed like, um, you know, it was kind of uncharacteristic of them to have so many of their high level, high dependable guys kind of take turns at you know missing those opportunities I don't expect that to happen again and that's why I'm still um, pretty damn optimistic and where this team can go in the future well and you think about what Jalen Hurts did and and that again that's frustrating because he's a mobile quarterback he's improved a tremendous amount in the last couple of years and and I think he has he has become very valuable as a quarterback because we've seen him be more accurate we've seen him go downfield but you add him in as a runner and yeah, when you're when you're limited on your pass rush ability, and you know you don't have a two way go because you got to stay in a certain rush lane because you don't want to give an easy escape route to the quarterback, that limits the ability to put pressure on on quarterbacks. And we saw a little bit of that. But the other thing too is like the called runs for Jalen Hurts. You ready? Showtime on May third. Summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's where it's really hard to defend because normally you hand the ball up to the running back and your quarterback is a non-issue. So defensively, you're up a guy. Yeah. But when it's called run for the quarterback, you gain that extra blocker who was your running back, and now all of a sudden that becomes very hard to defend. And I think Jalen Hurts and and Philly, I'm not going to call them the best team in the NFC, but clearly the best team in the NFC East now that – you know, that uh, Dallas doesn't is going to be playing without Dak Prescott. The Giants, as you mentioned, not good win week one, but not a great team. <laughs> right. Um, don't expect and, them to be anything special. Right. So it's, you know, you kind of go down the list and, and, but that, but again, that, that adds to some of the frustration of yeah. Monroe St. Brown dropping a couple of balls. You mentioned Josh Reynolds. I know DJ Shark uh, dropped a couple of balls defensively they had an opportunity to make some tackles and get some stops and they just didn't some of it was the young guys too and how much do you expect young guys defensively and let's just say what it is it's Malcolm Rodriguez and Aiden Hutchinson a second overall pick and a six round pick to improve in their performance from week one to week two and just take out of it the fact that instead of Jalen Hurts it's going to be a much more uh, you know, statutory quarterback in Carson Wentz. Yeah, and much more of just a traditional run game. Right? Yeah. You don't have to worry about putting two, three guys on a quarterback that's killing you all game. Yeah, and they're down uh, Brian Robinson. Yeah, obviously. it'll it'll allow you to uh, – I think it allows you to play faster. I think it allows you to just trust what you're doing. Hey, this is my gap. I'm taking care of my gap. You don't have to second guess, well, is quarterback pulling it? You know, what's going on? You, you don't have to have that split second of pause that – in the NFL, that's all the other team needs to take advantage, right? Um, I expect them to be better, you know. I know that Hutchinson, gosh, when you're, you know, getting on social media after a loss is never the right thing to do. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Social media is not where your friends come. No, after a loss especially. But a lot of people, you know, didn't think Hutchinson played great. Did I think he played great? No, I didn't. Did he play bad? No, no, he didn't. 
Um, there's going to be a lot of really good defensive players in this league that aren't going to make plays against Philly's O-line and Jalen Hurts. <laughs> like It just is what it is, you know, call it what it is. Philly's O-line is one of the best in the league. Jalen Hurts is really hard to bring down. There's going to be a lot of guys that he makes look silly, but uh, let's just face it. So, look, I think uh, if you're those young guys, though, man, I know it was a challenge, but you have to look at it maybe as a blessing that your first action, your first live action in an NFL regular season game, you're going against the best old line in football. You're going against one of the best playmaking quarterbacks in football. Um that's just kind of a blessing, right? Because it's not going to be, let's just face it, Washington's not going to be harder than Philly, right? When you play Minnesota, their offensive line isn't better, uh, you know, than what you saw in Philly. So that kind of gives you, hey, at least, you know, my first game, I got to go against the best. I know what I need to do now uh, to correct some mistakes. And, um, you know, so it was kind of a, gosh, it was kind of an expected rookie performance. You know, I think it's very rare do you see rookies just take, you know, the the main stage week one and go out and just absolutely light it up and dominate? You don't see that very often. And when you do, you know, those are the guys that are those generational type talents. Um, so I thought it was uh, about on par for expectations from the young guys. Um, but I do expect them to get better. And there's a part of being a young player in this league that you're going to you're going to learn real quick. Whatever you were good at in college, whatever you dominated at in college, yep. you ain't going to do that in the NFL. You know, Absolutely. Aiden Hutchinson, yep. you're not going to bull rush NFL tackles every single play into the quarterback. You're just not. These guys are bigger. They're stronger. They're faster. You know what I mean? You're going to have to develop yep. uh, something else. Malcolm Rodriguez, look, he's a physical dude. Um, but there was a lot of times yesterday where, you know, he's just running downhill into blocks. And it's like, okay, that's great. I know you're trying to pull the double team off the, the defensive lineman. But there's got to be that switch that hits you that says, okay, maybe this time I'm going to bluff. I'm going to run down like I'm coming, then maybe backdoor it. And that yeah. throws off the double teams and off offensive line. That gives you a chance to make a play. The best linebackers in this league aren't the guys that just come downhill and hit you in the face. They're the guys that know how to avoid blocks. They're the guys that read uh, the offensive lineman. What's the scheme? What, where's my help coming from? When the, when the play is going to cut back, when it's going to go front side, that anticipation factor uh, to allow you to make plays. So, Bobby Wagner, one of the best linebackers in the league, right? Yep. He was one of the hardest guys to block. He wouldn't run downhill. He'd kind of stay at that five yards, and as soon as you'd come up to him, he'd kind of bluff you, make a move, and then, and he'd go make a tackle. So uh, Malcolm Rodriguez, I like the physicality that he plays with, but you know he's going to learn pretty quick too that you can't just be a wrecking ball in this league. You know what I mean? There's going to be a time you got to disengage, you got to make plays uh, because. Jared Davis was a wrecking ball. Jared Davis was one of the hardest-hitting yeah. linebackers I ever had to block. All he would do is kind of run downhill, hit you in the chin. It hurt like hell, but, you know, it's he a 15-yard gain. And it's yeah. like, all right, I'll take the brunt of it so, you know, the offense can be successful. you got to learn at some point you're going to have to make tackles. And I thought, look, not only him, but, you know, that linebacker crew, I mean, they're going to need better production from. They just do. I mean, there was a couple times Derek Barnes, a couple things showed up that we saw last year with the missed tackles. Early in the game, you know, a second and ten, He's got, I think it was Miles Sanders wrapped up at the line of scrimmage, bounces off, 10-yard gain, right? That's a big yeah, that's a big difference. Yeah. Third and two, late in the game, you got a chance to get the ball back, get off the field. Aleem McNeil, we saw Aiden back there a little bit. He was kind of reading the quarterback, but Derek Barnes right in the gap. You got him stuffed for a loss. All of a sudden, he breaks out and goes for 20, 25 yards, whatever it was. Those plays you have to make. I think just from the linebacking perspective – um, you, you need better production. And I expect them to be better because, like I said, 
you're not going against Jalen Hurts this week. You're not going against uh, Philly's O-line. You're not going against the read option. So that's going to allow you to play more disciplined football and hopefully allow them to play faster. So I expect the defense to take a big step this week. Well, it's not only the players that have to improve or make mistakes, uh, coaching staff as well. And I want to ask you about a series um, that happened late in the first half, and, and people have been talking about it, but Lions go up 7 nothing, and then it's touchdown, touchdown, pick six by Philly. And to, to the Lions' credit, they, they marched down right after the pick six, and they put you know seven points on the board. But in the process, they get the ball back with – just under six and a half to play in the second half in the first half. And they first couple of first downs. It's third and one at the Philly seven going into score. And they call timeout with two Oh three left on the clock. Now, no, they, they didn't call timeout. They ran the play. Oh, they ran the play. Sorry. Yeah. They ran the play. They ran a play. You didn't have to You let it run down. Could have let it run down to, the two-minute warning. And then two-minute warning hits. They run the play. And who knows what Philly does at that point with in terms of their timeouts. But you could probably run another 30, 35 seconds off the clock when your defense hasn't stopped them all game. And when you look back on that or in the moment, what were your thoughts on at 203 running a play, not taking it to the two-minute warning. Yeah, in the moment, I didn't think it was a huge deal. Um, and I know I, I, I did kind of believe what Coach said. Hey, at that point, we felt like we were rolling. We didn't really want to take that break, let the defense go get some water, make some adjustments. We wanted to hit them right in the mouth. Um, that play didn't work. I mean, it was the yeah. third and one that they got stuffed on. Um, so, But then you think, you know, after that, you're like, man, they – you don't want to give Philly time, right? right? You don't want to give them time. Because Philly but, goes down and kicks a field goal. Yeah, and they go. But here's the here's the only here's the only coaching decision that I really had a a, a gripe with, uh, and it wasn't the onside kick, and it wasn't running the play before the two minute warning. It was it, after all that being said, you score the touchdown, right? Philly gets the ball back. I think with, um, gosh, what was it? Maybe a minute forty on the clock. And first and 10, they run the ball, six-yard gain, right? There's 150 on the clock when they start that snap, okay? They let it go down all the way to 125. Kind of tells you, I don't think Philly's really trying to go two-minute mode here. I think they're content going into the halftime up seven, knowing they're getting the ball back. Uh, second down, you get a sack, right? I'm sorry, first down, you get a sack. This was, the, oh, gosh, I'm off. They get it, okay. First and 10, they run the ball. Second and fourth, they run the ball, okay? this point there's 50 seconds left it's first and 10 yeah you get a sack okay now it's second and 15 with 50 seconds left philly there was no urgency right they're all just kind of standing muddling around the home. yeah they're, they're a, most likely going to take it they're, they're most likely which 99 percent, just reading the body language they're happy just okay we got a sack let's not make it worse let's just run the clock out get out of here with you know seven point lead detroit calls a timeout and immediately in that situation, I'm thinking in the back of my head, that's going to burn them. I do not think they should have taken that timeout. I think they should have gone into halftime, let Philly run the clock out with 50 seconds left, go in down seven. Hey, you got a little momentum there. You just sacked them for the first time. You know, let's go and make the adjustments. They call the timeout. And we all know what happened uh, two plays later, you know, the 50-yard uh, pass. <laughs> down to A.J. Brown with Will Harrison one-on-one coverage. And that, to me, was like, if it's, hey, look, if it's third and 15 and you got him backed up, 
no problem with the timeout, right? Because all you need is one stop, okay? It's second and 15. Yeah. You haven't stopped Philly on back-to-back plays yet. <laughs> you haven't. You just haven't. You've gotten backed up a couple times into third and long, and even second yeah. and long, and, you know, Jalen Hurts, oh, there he goes, 20-yard gain. You haven't stopped in back-to-back plays. So I had an issue with that timeout. I really felt like, um, and, hey, can you understand it? Yes, you can understand it. What are the odds, though, that your offense gets the ball back with, you know, 30 seconds and is able to go down there? Yeah. I mean, the offense at that point wasn't doing much. I know the drive before they made a couple nice plays, but that was the one coaching decision, though, that I was like, man, this is going to burn them. Now, it did burn them. Uh, they made the best out of a worst-case situation by getting a stop there and at least holding them to a field goal. But as a player, John, you know this too, going into the locker room down one score, is a totally different feeling than going down two scores, especially when you know you got to give the ball right back to the team that you haven't stopped yet. So that was that timeout was what was the one decision where I, I, I told myself, I just said, you know what? I, I, I just felt like they should have they should have counted their yep. lucky stars and counted their blessings and and gone in down seven. And uh, turns out that three points was a big difference in the game. How important is this game against the Commanders coming up? You don't want to go down 0-2. No. That's obvious. But how important is this to come out with a win? It's huge. It is. I mean, it just is. You just yeah, – I don't have the stats in front of me, but you obviously know teams that start 0-2 um, don't, don't, well. don't really have a chance. And you can't, you can't put yourself in that kind of hole. Uh, Washington, look, I know they beat Jacksonville uh, yesterday. Carson Wentz. Actually, you know, looked decent. He threw for over 300 and four touchdowns, had a couple picks as well. But um, this is a game that I think we all expect them to win. If you want to show us that you're different, uh, that things are different than they were last year, this is a game you win. Um, so I expect them to win. I haven't seen – have you seen an early line or anything? I'm expecting them to be favored maybe by uh, – Got two and a half, three. I don't know what. The yeah, I know the Lions are, are favored. I don't know what it, what it is. Right. That's, yeah. that's a, it's a game they should win. Now, um, if you lose this game to Washington, I think it's going to be a lot of people sitting here saying, "Wow, you know, I don't think this team is is different." But uh, for me, gosh, you hate to say must win week two out of a seventeen game season, right? But it just kind of feels like one of those games where they've got to take the opportunities when they have them. Yeah. You know, if you want to show us you're different, you know. All the optimism, all the hype that's been around this team for the last couple months. You want to show us it's real. This is a game you got to take care of. Well, and I expect the fans to. I expect the fans to, you know, be just as uh, uh, rowdy and energetic as they were yesterday. Man, I mean, it was weird yesterday. I, it's been a long time since I've been to Ford Field where it felt like a playoff atmosphere. It, they I were mean, selling standing room only tickets. Unbelievable, man. The fans were awesome. I know the players obviously love it, and uh, I expect them to do the same thing again this week. So. Um, Look, no time to panic. Like we said, no time for overreaction, uh, you know, Monday after week one. But, you know, it's this is a game they're going to have to take care of. If things go sideways against Washington, you know, I think there's a much, much different tone next week. Yes. Uh, well, I tell you what, we will continue to take you throughout the uh, the football season and follow the Lions. We'll give you our analysis, our hopes, our dreams, and whether they're crushed or not. But uh, uh, we'll talk to you next time here on Necessary Roughness.